Okay. Hi, guys. Um, welcome back to the Catch Podcast. Um, again, I'm back with myself, Olivia, a health educator for Catch Program. I'm also with my um, co-facilitator, Yamina Castillo. Hi. How you doing, guys? So um, I, we took a little, I guess it would be a little later than we usually post. Usually it's once a week, and then we uh, took a longer break from that. But um, we are back with another episode, so it's great to talk again about, you know, specific topics of, uh, you know, everything relating to sexual health. Um, again, just to, uh, if you are new here, um, hi, <laughs> my name is Olivia. I'm a health educator for the Argus Community Catch Program, as well as my co-facilitator, Yamina Casillo. What does catch mean? It's a community action to combat HIV and hepatitis C. So what we do in our roles as um, health educators is we test for HIV, hepatitis C, as well as do group, se group sessions and confidential sessions on everything sexual health related, um, any type of mental health um, as well, and uh, tobacco cessation. So uh, we also provide resources for, you know, any type of mental health services, uh, substance uh, recovery um, programs, and um, sexual health clinics as well. We have all the resources you need. Um, so be sure to reach out to us if you are in need of that. Um, and again, like I mentioned, we test for HIV and hepatitis C. So we are still doing HIV testing. Um, We're doing it remotely. Uh, there are obviously for the past seven months, we've mostly been locked into our houses and apartments and homes. So um, if you are someone who uh, does want to take a test with us, uh, you could always reach out to us. So basically what happens is we fill out a demographic sh sheet for you um, and send you a test. And it's a very basic test. We just do a, it's a swab in the mouth. So you will be doing the test while we talk you through it um, virtually or on the phone. And then you fill out a survey after you done, you have done, you're done, I should say, and got your results. Sorry, a little stumbling on my words. Um, in five to six weeks, you will get a gift, uh, gift card to CVS for $30. So if you, that is something that is of interest to you to get tested, please reach out to us. Um, and yeah, and like we've mentioned in multiple episodes before, getting tested, um, you should be getting tested. Uh, it's the only way you really know if you are, you know, have something or you don't have something, especially with COVID. Um, there is a lot of accessibility now, for, fortunately for us, um, for COVID. There's many places where you can get a test and just in general with HIV tests as well. That is still a, uh, an ep epidemic, even though COVID has basically taken over everyone's lives at this rate. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean COVID is the only thing out there right now. You know, the world didn't necessarily really stop um, just because COVID is here. So that is something to mention as well. Um, now, going into the episode, uh, Yamina and I have, you know, all of our topics that we do want to talk about. And since last week, we did talk about um, the LGBTQ terminology and sex education. I thought, well, both of us thought that it would be a really good opportunity for us to talk about, you know, HIV as a pandemic um, when it first started and how it is still a big epidemic now. And a lot of it um, really is especially with the HIV and AIDS movement, especially in the 80s, um, there was a huge uh, rise in activism 
for it um, with a lot of stuff that we have heard about to end AIDS um, and to find a cure and help, you know, really get the government on the people's side to really, you know, find a cure and, you know, you know, save people's lives because people were dying from it. So I think it was a really, it's a really good topic to talk about, especially since we are, like I mentioned, we are HIV health educators and um, without a lot of the fight that people and people in the LGBT community, the people in um, the black and Latino community really did in the eighties and nineties, really, we wouldn't be able to have what we have now without them. So I think that's really something to mention and to talk about. So let's get into it. So I want to just go into about like what, you know, like where did this all start from? A lot of it, you could always pile down to 1981, um, even though HIV was what they found, like it was probably in America and in other places um, pre-1980. Um, they, it's widely believed that HIV start originated, not necessarily started, in, um, I want to say this right, uh, Kinshasa in the Democratic Republic of Congo around 1920. So they believe that that's when HIV crossed species from chimpanzees to humans. Um, and it is from how people used to hunt like chimpanzees um, and, you know, are the blood from it, you know, would go to an open wound or we would consume, you know, their brains or their, any type of their body parts. I think that's essentially how it's believed, I should say, right? Mm -hmm. A little, little going on. So um, that is basically how it is. But up until the 1980s, they didn't know how many people were infected with HIV or uh, developed AIDS. It was still very unknown and transmission was not accompanied by noticeable signs or symptoms. It wasn't really until I would say there were sporadic cases in the 1970s, but it really wasn't until 1981 when there was this thing called, um, I don't know how to say it, pneumo, uh, <laughs> pneumocytis carina pneumonia, which is PCP. And they found that in like five young men um, who were are, who are gay. And at the same time, there were reports of people in New York and California at that time with these five men, I should say from Los Angeles. Um, there was something called Kaposi's sarcoma which was a very aggressive type of cancer that they found in a group of men from New York and California. So people, this is when it fully popped up. Um, they did say, they just, all they knew was that these men who were gay um, were getting these types of cases. Um, and that's basically how it styled in the next coming years. Um, so going from that and how the start of this, um, obviously a lot of people kind of turned a blind eye to it because um, it was affecting one specific population. So it wasn't really until a lot of these groups of people came together to start, you know, protests uh, for the government to, you know, help find a cure, give more money uh, and funds to research for it um, and so on to help it progress into where we are today. One thing I want to mention was ACT UP, which was such a big, big uh, protest um, organization. It's the AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power. It's a political group working to uh, obviously end the AIDS pandemic. And they had a very, you know, they did definitely change the face of protesting and how people kind of viewed this whole pandemic. Um, one of the things that I want to mention was about a lot of the 
what I was reading into it about the whole uh, act up is that with a lot of the protests, it did come with a lot of division in the in the groups like a, a lot of the protests were you know outside the catholic churches and even inside they were going into sermons and you know saying powerful powerful stuff of um you know of all the catholicism um you know hatred towards the group of people who like same sex um it was definitely a big division with a lot of people and latino community was also still another community in there that were affected by HIV. And that's, they're also a very similar community that is Catholic. So it did put a lot of uh, backlash and division between people of that community. So um, it also kind of raises more HIV, unfortunately, like also raised stigma too, right? Wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. um, like it, it kind of caused a lot of stigma towards the virus because of the alienated groups that were really part of it. Um, and I, you know, reading into this was a lot, it was, it just more, I don't know how to describe this. It was very interesting to read, like how I mentioned about the ACT UP um, protests and how it did cause a lot of division within the groups. Um, but at, and ultimately, I guess you could say though that um, there really is no right or wrong way to protest from what we've seen too, especially in recent years with you know, protesting, like we mentioned, like, it, we're, we're the people, right? Our government necessarily doesn't, we don't work for the government, the government works for us. And so I think protesting is one of the most powerful ways for really to us to have our voices heard. Um, and especially in this pandemic, our horse, our voices were, their voices were not heard, you know, there was so many years, I think it was like five years until President uh, Ronald Reagan even mentioned AIDS. Uh, before it was like fully reported about these um, young men dying. And then off, unfortunately, it, not just young men were dying from it, you know, it relayed on to, you know, specific like black, the black communities um, were, die, uh, were dying from it. Um, even women got in, uh, started dying from it because of the effects and there's no research on the transmission of it at this time. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, hemophiliacs were dying from it because of the blood transfusions. Um, there are people who were using uh, injecting drugs and they were dying from it because, again, there's no education or any research on how these uh, how these people are getting it. And like they're just kind of letting in like innocent lives die. So could it, it be safe to say that because of um, certain views and religion and because this affected um the lgbtq community specifically gay men that because of the views a lot of the attention that this epidemic should have been given wasn't given due to the biases um personal views and personal religious views in regards to to the AIDS epidemic, because of 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 oh, its yeah. so-called um, only back then, how they only said gays were the ones who who would um, have AIDS, which that wasn't true, as you obviously explaining. Right. So it's, it's safe to say that because of that, it didn't it didn't garner 
um, the attention it needed, not to downplay any, you know, anybody's personal religious views. Right. Because, because of that context, it wasn't, it wasn't um, fully embraced, specifically trying to help this community because of that. Right. But it definitely, right, you're right. It added not only just the bias of the people who were getting it, that did have a lot of effect. I think of what, okay, so 1981, right? And the Stonewall riots were only, what, it's, it was only 12 years before this? If you really consider it into account, there weren't that many, you know, a big the protest beforehand that really helped the LGBTQ community. Uh, it was only 12 years. It was still a very new concept that love is love. So obviously there were still a lot of groups that were very anti-gay and anti-LGBTQ. So when this did come up, you're absolutely right. There's a huge bias to even help this community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like we mentioned before, it's it was also called the gay-related immune deficiency, the GRID, right before it was called AIDS. Um, mm-hmm. So it was obviously like centered around a specific group of people, even though what we know now and what I, like I, like I mentioned before, it was uh, affected a lot of other communities besides um, men who, who liked other men, really. Um, and had, you know, had sexual, had, had sex with other men. Um, I just think you're right though, with the history of AIDS, there was still a lot of bias to it already. And then HIV just added stigma to it it, tremendously. And we could still see that effects even now, Mm -hmm. um, with how just in general, um, men who have sex with other men can't donate blood because Mm -hmm. of the blood transfusions, um, from the 1980s that were given like to other other men, right? Was it, who was it? Ryan White, right? He got HIV because of a blood transfusion. So therefore people who inject drugs and men who have sex with other men cannot donate blood, even though there's still a lot of, um, they check your blood before you get tested. So they would know if you have HIV or if you don't have HIV through the blood. And you know, that still adds a stigma that every gay man or every gay black man and you know, every, person who injects drugs has HIV, but which is not true from what we know. Um, so it, that's another big law and regulation that is still in place. I think it wasn't until what the 2000s that people who were HIV positive were allowed to travel to the States. Am I wrong? It was a lot earlier, but there's still, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that we're dealing with today um, that comes from a lot of the stigma and bias from that, from this, time period. Um, And a lot of it, you know, even though a lot of the protests and the people involved with, you know, ending this uh, epidemic, um, you know, were really striving to, you know, push away these stigmas uh, and bias to these people. Because if you look down to it, people are people. Um, You know, there's no threat that no one necessarily deserves no one deserves a virus to ultimately end their lives and have absolutely no research on that specific virus and people just let you die. Like no one actually deserves that. Um, and you know, it, it was important for these people to protest about it when a government 
is, you know, again, with that bias and stigma, um, kind of neglecting that said group of people. I, and, you know, it's, it's very admirable. And, you know, we always have to honor the people who came before us. You know, there's so many things that, you know, we always think about now that are always wrong. And you always have to kind of honor everyone. Yeah, everyone who was fighting the same fight you were um, and just continue on for them. If, uh, so like, you know, we're in this place where, you know, HIV is not life-threatening anymore. Um, not everyone, you know, HIV and AIDS are not synonymous. Like it really was back in the day. There's a lot more research on it. You know, there's a lot more preventative measures. Um, but you know, there's still a lot we need to go to. We still haven't fully found the cure for it. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, there's still a lot more to go, but you know, it always, is it's interesting to go back and look at what others have done to, for us to get into this place. Um, I, again, like I mentioned with ACT UP, a lot of, you know, there's so many things that we could talk about, you know, with the AIDS quilt and, you know, yes. a lot of ACT UP members. Yeah, the AIDS quilt and um, a lot of the members going outside of parliament or, you know, any type of research fund with gravestones, with saying RIP, um, the government wouldn't give me the FDA approved drug or it was too expensive because how expensive was AZT when they first came out? Like, I think it was like ridiculous amount of that no one could afford. So what, putting out a, you know, um, a treatment drug that no one can afford, like how, how is that supposed to stop a pandemic? No one could, if no one could afford it, everyone's going to still die. Yes. And it's, it's relevant. And this, the HIV, epidemic back then is relevant now because we're dealing with COVID-19. Right. So we're dealing with COVID-19, we're dealing with uh, another spread of an infectious disease, and then we're dealing with the outcome of how it's being handled, how it's being treated. So it has some similarities to, right. to what's going on now and um, people protesting in regards to, you know, what's happening in, in the world, in the community, specifically, not in the world, but in the United States, as we talk today, because still today, people's rights, um, Black individuals, Hispanic individuals, and LGBTQ individuals are at risk of so many things that have to do with health in general, right. health in general. So this is, it's, it's very relatable. Right. It, 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 like there's always, there's always similarities to, you know, widespread pandemics like this, because again, like there's so much stigma, especially when I just said there was like a travel ban on people with HIV. There was a travel ban with us mm -hmm. because like, oh, we can't get it, even though it was already here. Like, how are you supposed to, you know, it, it, that's what is funny. Like, travel ban from Asian individuals. Right, China, you know, travel from China, um, and Asian individuals from China couldn't come to the United States because of you know the um where COVID originated from. That's something that is so similar, you know. Right. To yeah. Right, and that's it's just interesting because, like you said before, there were a lot of Asian Americans who were being you know ridiculed and stigmatized. Um, and like I said, like it was the same with. HIV, like a lot of people in the LGBTQ community, first and foremost, were being stigmatized 
um, not only for just their sexuality, but because of this. And um, again, like you notice with both cases, it is viruses don't discriminate. They are not, oh, only specific groups of people who get it. Um, you can get it. Like we mentioned with HIV in many of our, um, many of our episodes, HIV transmission is through the blood, through anal or vaginal sex, um, and both partners, if you are the person penetrating or the one on the receiving end, you could still get it. Um, it's through oral sex. There's still many other ways, breast milk, uh, mother to child transmission. There's still a lot of ways. And that has no, I just, I didn't mention anything about race or sexuality in that. Mm -hmm. I just mentioned how it's transmitted. And same mm -hmm. with COVID-19. It is airborne. It is through speaking or talking to someone close to you. It's through spit and nose particles. Um, so like, and that doesn't have anything to do with race or um, sexuality or, you know, gender. It, so any, all these viruses, they're very, they, you can get them how you get them. If you are someone who's at risk um, for those particular things, if you were someone who engages in vaginal sex or engages in anal sex without condoms, you are more at risk for getting, for contracting HIV. Whereas if you were someone who's not wearing a mask or um, talking way too close to people that you don't live with, <laughs> You're, that's, you're putting yourself at risk for COVID-19. Um, the, the, difference, the difference between how, um, the difference between a, a, like what demographic can end up getting COVID-19 right. or, or HIV is completely different um, from the demographic who ends up getting um, an HIV diagnosis Correct. and a COVID-19 um, COVID diagnosis. Because studies and, and, and statistics have shown that, um, I'm repeating again, that Black and Hispanic Latinos are at higher risk right. of getting COVID-19, of getting HIV, of getting a lot of communicable diseases due to the lack of health access that's yes. um, available to these communities. And it, 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 was, it, was, it was back then, and it still is today. Right. Um, 20 almost more than 20 years later it's still lack of access to care in these communities with COVID-19 and that's that's where there's no difference that's where there's 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 no difference and um it, it affects everyone but it affects certain communities at a higher risk risk yes risk than, than um than their white counterparts yeah, correct. I think, but I know I, I obviously I agree with you because it's facts. It's not like, it's not an opinion. Um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right there. It does affect other individuals a bit differently than everyone else, but you can still get it. I think uh -huh. that's more so. And I think they yeah. realized that a lot throughout, you know, the 1980s when women started getting it and, you know, like uh -huh. you mentioned black and with Latino communities that was very prominent in those communities. Um, let's talk, um, Freddie Mercury was someone, uh, a well-known singer for Queen. He died from uh, pneumonia that was caused from AIDS. And then all, uh, Magic Johnson came out, a very prominent basketball, black basketball player um, who came out and said that he had HIV, he was HIV positive. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then Eze, a well-known rapper for NWA, he died mm-hmm. from complications from AIDS. I believe mm-hmm. so. Like that, he definitely he had, was HIV positive and it progressed. So yeah. these are, I'm saying like the last two, Eze and Magic Johnson, they were, you know, they are black men, and so it kind of you could tell a lot of it like it affects different communities a lot. Yeah. I don't want to say a lot worse, but it does. It, it affects a lot worse, especially with COVID too. Um, especially when we realize um, people who were considered, um, you know, uh, first responders in the COVID-19 pandemic, there was a heavy percentage of people who like black individuals, uh, Latin, Latino, like, um, Latinx commu- uh, individuals, um, a lot of them were part of a large percentage of the first responders of COVID-19. So mm-hmm. not only were their chances of contracting it uh, much higher than people who were not first responders, it's, you know, their chances of, you know, having severe cases was, is still very increased. Uh, and especially when we talk about, for us too, we do tobacco cessation trainings. Uh, mm-hmm. What we know is, you know, the accessibility for, uh, tobacco cessation and the accessibility to tobacco products to um, the Black and Latino communities is significantly higher than white communities. And that also progresses in, you know, increased risk of heart disease, uh, cardiovascular problems for Black Americans and Latino Americans. diabetes, asthma. There's always things adding up to everything. Um, but it, again, we're just saying like, it doesn't, it obviously, is, so again, it affects other communities a lot different, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, you know, obviously comparing both these two pandemics, because at the time it was listed, HIV AIDS is, was listed as a global pandemic, which I think is just you could just say pandemic. <laughs> like it's kind of implied that it's global. Um, however, though, a lot of people do apply it as a global epidemic now because it, again, what we said, it affects um, certain communities a little different than other communities. So it's not widespread as it once was in the 80s. So it is it's considered an or epidemic. And for certain types like HIV-2, it's an endemic right from west africa so there's specific strands but it's still widely it's still widely a concern a public health concern point blank period um but it's interesting to note that we could learn a lot from the pandemic of the 80s to kind of kind of compare the contrast the two that's happening right now um and like you mentioned before we're, we're fighting for a cure where uh people are speaking up regardless when we're not laying, a lot of us aren't laying down on the White House lawn with gravestones, but a lot of it is through social media. Um, and, you know, a lot of pro, uh, virtual protests and, um, you know, actually calling up your counselor, councilman and uh, congressman and so on to actually like fight for this. So there's obviously a lot of similarities to both um, the activism in it, but uh, obviously with time and technology, it's a lot different. I think right now too, because we're dealing with um, other matters at hand and specifically with the White House, that a lot of the attention hasn't been given to 
what's happening with COVID, with the numbers of, of the individuals who have passed away from COVID. But I believe, rest assured, I believe that they will be um, soon enough um, in the front lawns of the White House Oh yeah, protesting the the reaction towards 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 how their their um their their action their inaction to mm -hmm. COVID nineteen, and I think that has a lot to do with um what's going on. You know, who's in the White House, how right. things are being handled, and all the other things that you know that uh, us as U.S. citizens are dealing with in regards to Black Lives Matter um, protests and things of that nature. We're dealing with so many things at one time. We they, it's, it's not, focus is not given to right. certain things. And hopefully that um, every every aspect, whether it's Black Lives Matter protests, COVID-19 and other, um, other matters, that we can individually bring attention to that at some point in the future because a lot of people are are dying and have been dying of COVID-19 and there needs to be a sort of um, a quilt demonstration. Right. You know, a sort of a quilt demonstration to visually see, so the White House can visually see how bad COVID is affecting um, US citizens, like US individuals right. in general. Even, even, migrants, even migrants. So let me recap that. U.S. People who are in the U.S., not just citizens, but people who are in the U.S. And that's something also that we need to give, give light to, too. Um, the uh, migrant situation in regards to um, what's happening um, with ICE and things of that nature. That's another topic. So many things right. that are going on that we can't... Right. We, haven't been able to focus on just one certain thing so you're, yeah. yeah you're right and I think especially with a demonstration like like an, a quilt for COVID um it would not just bring attention to the government but just people who there's still a lot of people who actually don't believe in COVID and I, oh I you know it's it's interesting to really think that um you know with all the science coming out and the research backing it up that it's very much real. There's so many people um, dying. <laughs> like, and you know, it, again, like it's it, history repeats itself. Like we, again, like we're talking about with the HIV uh, and AIDS um, pandemic, people clearly didn't, not necessarily, I don't think they didn't believe in it. I just, again, they just turned a blind eye to it because it wasn't them. Yeah, they didn't so, think it can happen to them or people in their community. Right. So it, it, there's always so many similarities and it's just kind of, um, it's just interesting to uh, hear about people who like don't believe in masks and don't um, believe, just believe in COVID in general. And, it, you know, uh, there's always a difference between opinion and fact and science evidence, you know, HIV was definitely, it's still very much real. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, actually I'm going to say something. I remember having a conversation with someone, I believe in December, you know, so pre-COVID when I was able to go out. Um, I remember a guy telling me, he goes, but isn't, isn't that like not a thing anymore about HIV? And I think he didn't mean it to be like, like malicious. I think he just generally didn't 
understand that I was like, no, it's still very much real. People still get it, contract it. Um, and there's still a lot of like misinformation and lack of education regarding to it. Um, which is, you know, quite concerning because <laughs> we're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, we're on our way really a m- much closer every day to finding a cure. Um, there's still a lack of information to the general public. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a lot of it, you know, I, I just remember reading about how it wasn't until around like the mid eighties, then they said to start preaching, wearing condoms, mm-hmm. you know, cause they finally realized it was about, uh, it was transmittable through sex. So they did say like, no, you have to wear condoms because it prevents against HIV as well as pregnancy from what it usually is. So um, there's still obviously continued information as you go on because you know science is always improving so we find out more things but it's kind of concerning though that there's still a lot of lack of information about about it and especially how accessible a lot of the information is regarding um hiv and regarding covid19 as well um Mm -hmm. but again you have to like look into what you're researching like you shouldn't be you always have to double check information too uh so that's also something to say before i as I end that brief uh, intervention about uh, how very much real it is. Um, but yes. you should always double check your information, but you have accessible information to mm-hmm. learn about it. And there's also, um, like we mentioned before with our LGBTQ terminology, that's not really learned mm-hmm. in school when they do talk about sex education. And even when we were talking about the birth control and contraception, uh, contraception, that was still not talked about in high school. Mm-hmm. So uh, even basic high school education. So, you know, there's still so much a lack of education for a lot of people. And that's very, unfortunate. Like it's a lot more accessible now. It's, I just want to say this one quote, maybe I'm making it up. It's mm-hmm. your health right to wear a condom and a mask. Yeah. Your health Absolutely. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely your yeah, it's your health right. It, mm-hmm. You should be able to be educated on protecting yourself in other which ways. Like I said before, um, COVID isn't the only really thing in the world. I know, like we mentioned before, there's so many other things uh, regarding our like you like in the U.S. Everything's going on. Um, so you know, but that's not it's not the only thing. There's so many other issues going on. Like I said, HIV is still a thing. You should be getting tested and you should read up on prevention um, for HIV, um, for COVID. You should be reading up on these. These are two things that don't necessarily have a cure. The, there's no vaccine for both of them, I should say, but they're still working on it. Um, and there's, I'm, you know, like going through this, especially in the past seven months, there is a lot we can learn from the HIV pandemic compared to COVID, the COVID pandemic, because like I said before, history repeats itself. Um, you know, there is marginalized groups that are heavily affected by it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't affect everyone, um, like we mentioned before. Um, and it was just interesting to really read into, uh, you know, how ACT UP um, really, you know, shook the table with a lot of the protests and their demonstrations. Um, and, you know, with a lot of other individuals too that were just helping 
the communities without even without a lot of the research backing up to it there it was it's it's very admirable to see these people you know fighting for what they believe in they were angry uh, as as they as one should be um especially with this thing they didn't want to write their wills they just wanted to find a cure which i found a very that was a good cure for one um quote i should say from one of this i was reading an article called how to demand a medical breakthrough lessons from the aids fight this was came out pre-covid last uh, 2019 um and they were talking to mike petrellis who was a, a a man who was diagnosed with um aids the summer of 1985 and they told him he only had a few months to live um he ended up living for quite some time i believe he's still alive um but um well from this article when they interviewed him but you know he didn't want to find write his will like most people don't they want to find a cure they want to be able to live long lives and live their life so i it was fully justified in the anger that a lot of people were just neglecting this set group as well as people who are living with covid now um who don't have the accessibility to a lot of the treatments um and you know a lot of people don't understand their immune system as well as others so they don't know how it's going to affect them um i think that's also something to mention too so it's it's definitely a good parallel and you know always read up on your history too because like i said history repeats itself especially with a lot of what's going on now um i do think that covid though is more repeating um i guess the spanish flu right that was 1918 because you know there was a couple waves of that and people were kind of neglecting it so i i what we're leaving you with is um please please be sure to educate yourself um and understand you know there is a lot more going on with the world and just educate on you know what people are doing for you i guess or what you can partake in to help find a cure and help others that's this definitely come, went from a, a whirlwind, but I actually like how it ended up that we ended up talking about COVID-19 as well, because obviously it's very important to now. Um, and I'm going to just leave it with, um, hope you guys are staying safe uh, with all this. I hope you guys still get tested. Like I said, it is so important to get tested. So uh, if you do want to get tested with us for HIV, hit us up on any of our social media platforms and we'd be sure to give you a test. Um, again, also get tested for COVID-19. Please wear a mask, please stay safe um, and read up on it and make sure you're having the proper education um, and double check things. And if you, again, there's a lot of resources out there that do provide the facts over um, misinformation or half facts. So be sure to please look out for those. There's still a lot of, um, the fake news, is that what they call it? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of realistic and real news out there, more so than fake. You just have to really, unfortunately, now you really have to search for it. There's not just prominent to you. So be sure to double check, check your, um, your uh, what you're finding about COVID and of other pandemics. And I just, yeah. And so thank you guys so much. Um, and we hope to see you in the next episode. Bye. Goodbye.